Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now look, esports, all the rage right now. I, I don't think the pandemic put a damper on gamers going at it competitively while much of the world kind of shut down back in uh, 2020. And among the BC companies benefiting big time from this surge in interest, it is Vancouver-based Action Media. That is A-K-S-H-O-N Media. Now, the digital media company has made another deal supporting gaming giant Activision Blizzard with its Overwatch League and the Call of Duty League as well. It's very exciting with us to talk about everything going on in the realm of esports here in British Columbia. It is Roger Chan. He is CEO of Action Media. Roger, thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Okay, before we get into this deal that was just announced, uh, it's very cool. Uh, I'll say that. But um, you got to be honest with me. What are some of your go-to games that uh, you like playing if you have some time off? You know what? It's got to be Call of Duty. I've been playing it it since since forever. Um, And I've played every iteration. And I even started getting to the mobile version, which is a little bit different. But... It still still uh, still checks the box for me. I'll tell you what, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 is the only game in existence that I have a shot at beating my brothers at. Otherwise, uh-huh. they just beat me at every single game that's out there, which is kind of depressing, but they're much better than I am. So I'm with you. I, I, I love Call of Duty as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> speaking of which... You folks over at Action, uh, you will be supporting uh, Activision Blizzard with its Call of Duty League as well as Overwatch. You guys had a previous relationship uh, supporting Overwatch, but tell me a little bit about what it is that you guys do to support uh, Activision with regards to kind of these leagues that uh, that they have going on here. Yeah, so actually our relationship began with Activision Blizzard back in uh, 2019, and we were producing and managing uh, various highlights for them just for the Overwatch League. Uh, since then, um, especially this year, our goal was to to expand uh, the our scope with them. And, you know, a lot has happened since 2019, 2020 um, to, to the landscape uh, in, in many different ways. And, uh, you know, we've had the privilege and, and honor this year to actually do that. And so now we're not only doing all of their highlights, uh, we're doing all their show logging. Uh, we've created or we will be creating a bunch of different show opens throughout the season. Uh, we're doing sizzle reels for all the teams and we're producing content uh, for, for their watch point show. So it is interesting though, you know, I, I'm just wondering for, you know, you guys, like why is it kind of a perfect match and, and what is actually kind of involved in, you know, creating everything from, you know, highlights to sizzle reels. Cause you need to have a team kind of behind you. You have to be able to get this in what I have to believe is a fairly quick uh, turnaround time. Give me kind of the nitty gritty of it all about uh, what you guys do day to day. Yeah, you're right. There is definitely a team, uh, a, a very big team that that's working on this. And you're you're right. The the timelines is is what's critical to making this a success. Uh, there's three hundred, for example, Overwatch. There's 329 games throughout the whole season, and uh, we produce highlights for every single game. And those highlights need to be uploaded to the Overwatch YouTube channel, uh, pretty much within an hour and a half, two hours of the game ending. So as soon as, you know, we have people watching the game while it's happening, taking notes. We also have people logging the game. So, you know, noting down any critical key moments. And uh, as soon as the game ends and we have all of the uh, video clips, we start editing them together and creating a 10-minute highlight reel that 
pretty much allows you to sum up, you know, what are the key moments of, of the match that you that you you just watch or may have not watched and you're catching up on. Um, so that's that's pretty much you know the 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 big stuff that we do, and we do that for all of their North American games as well as their um, APAC games, which is you know played in a different time zone. So we kind of have teams working simultaneously uh, on different time zones depending on you know you know what's happening on that day. Okay, I, I never even kind of considered that that would be like a necessity, but obviously it is because because uh, <laughs> it is kind of a, a global league going on here. And I I just think back to you know a couple years ago when I believe it's twenty nineteen, and we had uh, the Aquilini Group here in Vancouver. Uh, they became part owner or at least an investor in the uh, Vancouver Titans, which is in the uh, Overwatch League as well. It, is it kind of cool that, you know, you guys are based in Vancouver and we've also got like our own home team that, uh, you know, people can uh, cheer on uh, right here on the West Coast? Absolutely. I mean, the the esports league in, in or the scene in Vancouver has come a long way and it's continuing to grow. And um, big companies like the Aquilini Group who own the Vancouver Titans and even groups like TGS, uh, they're really doing a lot to build out the community and su- support the community. Uh, a couple of weeks back, you know, a lot of my team, we were all at uh, Battle of BC, which is out at, uh, at UBC, um, and it's a Smash tournament. There were like, I don't know, close to 800, 900 people there, and there were players coming from all around the world um, coming to Vancouver to play. So it's, it's, it's growing, and it's, and it's great because it's, it's a really tight community, and, it, and it's just really fun out there. Well, and how did things, you alluded to this, but how did things kind of change during the pandemic? Because we're thinking of, you know, now gaming doesn't just have to be kind of this remote thing. It could be kind of a big gathering, but honestly, like the, the pandemic would have shaken things up. How did the, kind of the, the industry adjust uh, during the course of the, the last two years? Well, with esports, uh, you know, as leagues, they the desire is always to play these in person and create a big event out of them. Um, so, you know, you, similar to how traditional sports leagues like the NHL work, you know, you have the home team and you have the visiting team and they play in the same arena, um, you know, and, and that was that was something that was going to be implemented into to the Overwatch League. However, with COVID, uh, they kind of had to modify their plans where, um, you know, either teams weren't traveling to other cities to play or they were playing in their home cities and just doing it uh, remotely. Um, with this season of Overwatch, uh, you know some of the teams are still playing uh, remotely in their in their in their hometowns. Uh, however, there are various tournaments throughout the season where you know teams will come together under one roof in an arena uh, or whatnot, and they will play together. And it's great because now you have the fans in there, and you just have that energy. Um, you know, it's great for the fans, and it's great for the players too, because you know you're you're just hearing everything that's going on and feeling it. Well, so. Obviously, you guys have been supporting Overwatch, you know, uh, for a while. Is it going to be kind of the same measures of support for the Call of Duty League? Is is that going to be different in any sort of way? Yeah, the the Overwatch one is definitely an ex- expanded scope that we have with them. Call of Duty uh, was uh, is is just going to be the highlights, uh, and and part of that is because the the season's already started when when they uh, reached out for our support. Um, so the Call of Duty League started the season started before Overwatch. Uh, and so we're just helping them with the last quarter of the season and the uh, end of season highlights. But either way, you know what, the, the opportunity is great for us and we're, we're, we're happy to take whatever. Is there kind of a difference in the, the gamer culture between those two games? Is it kind of similar levels of intensity or uh, what have you kind of noticed just, uh, you know, kind of supporting both of those leagues? You know, with with Overwatch, there's definitely a lot more, uh, there's a lot more to it because there's, you know, each 
each player has a different role um, when they're playing the game. Um, they have a different purpose. Whereas Call of Duty, you, you know, it's you and I both know this, right? It's a first-person shooter. We're going around just trying to um, you know beat the enemy. So there, there is. Um, how do we say this? In, in Overwatch, I believe there's just there's a lot more to consider uh, versus versus Call of Duty. But again, it's 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 a different pace of game as well. So you know they they each have their their benefits and and their own their own type of fans. How is Vancouver as kind of a region for supporting esports? You know, when it comes to either fandom or what you guys are doing, just being able to tap you know kind of the talent necessary to get this sort of stuff going and, and reaching all those audiences as well as the gamers. You know, Vancouver. I think I mentioned it, it, it's definitely a growing scene, and um, the you know, the popular games out here we know of are like Smash Brothers, you know, League of Legends, of course, and Valorant. And a lot had to do with, you know, a couple of years back when, you know, um, when the League of, uh, or I think it was like 2017, the spring playoffs for the League of Legends Champion Series uh, was at the Pacific Coliseum. Um, and, you know, that was definitely uh, a really cool um, moment in esports in Vancouver because it just kind of showed what type of support um, that it had. And it's, you know, been, been growing since there. Uh, we know that there's a lot of different organizations from, you know, the big ones like, you know, Canuck Sports Entertainment and TGS uh, that we spoke about earlier. But there's also, you know, a, a bunch of smaller organizations such as ourselves, Mountainside Games, and a lot of collegiate esport organizations uh, that are trying to, you know, keep the scene going and build it and um, work together. Uh, you know, we often talk to a lot of our, our friends um, you know, in those organizations. And even, um, you know, there is desire from the municipal level, you know, from if it's Tourism Vancouver or, or if it's like, you know, Pavco, there, there's a, there is a desire to, to make this more uh, of an of a esports hub. Well, I'll ask you this because there was reports uh, from Deloitte a couple years ago, I think just as the Vancouver Titans were getting off the ground here. And they're saying that there's a, a kind of a, a certain demographic. You know, they pointed to 18 to 34-year-old males uh, as kind of the core demographic for that. I assume that's probably still the case, but are you finding signs that um, it is diversifying with regards to who's interested in it just as you know, it's reaching that many more people and maybe you can have more engagement going on as restrictions loosen and all that sort of stuff? You know what? I there definitely is growth uh, as far as demographics go. I think you know you're right that that range that you just mentioned is is definitely the sweet spot. But I know over the even the, over the past year or two, there's been a lot more even um, female fo- focused groups um, and organizations supporting female um, esports uh, players and fans, um, and it's great to see because uh, you know what, esports is it it's for everyone right? Games are for everyone. You can play with whoever you want and from all walks of life and from all over the world. So, you know, there doesn't need to be any um, category that it, that it fits in. And so, you know, you know, the hope is, you know, every, more people get involved from, you know, different ages, cultures, genders, everything. We, we want it all. So a, a lot of folks might figure esports is kind of new. I, I, you know, it's actually been around for maybe longer than most people would expect. But tell me how Action Media got in on supporting, you know, uh, this sort of uh, stuff that's going on here now. Yeah. So I mean, Action started back in 2016 um, when we noticed a gap in the industry with regards to just general gaming and or esports news specifically. Um, so that's kind of where we started. And then shortly thereafter, we, we started pivoting to more video and jur- journalistic pieces. Um, and we started with a bunch of, you know, Overwatch content. Our, our team is, 
they love Overwatch. Um, they live it, they breathe it. You know, after you know, after work, a lot of them just go play Overwatch together. So to them, it's they they love it. And so we were creating a lot of Overwatch pieces uh, and, and videos on our channel. Um, and then so from there, we we started branching out into other titles and just industry wide topics as a whole, um, just so we can cover you know, like kind of a little bit of everything. Um, Action from there, we we started then offering our content creation um, services to to other organizations. So essentially, right now, um, you know, our main our main channels are we have our own original uh, content on our YouTube channel, and then we also work with clients globally to help them tell their stories. Because at the end of the day, you know, our, our team is a bunch of storytellers. We we love coming up and creating stories and and telling them via um, you know digital media. And so we've worked together, uh, you know, obviously in esports and gaming, we've worked on, on those categories, but we've also worked in um, for stories in some tech related areas, real estate, we've done some lifestyle stuff, some consumer packaged goods. Um, and, and we it's kind of it's kind of grown from there. Uh, so we've done a lot. And, um, you know, I think I think our Overwatch roots is really what got us um, noticed in the Overwatch community and, and why we're working so closely with Activision and Blizzard today. Well, I didn't realize that your portfolio was that diverse. Is it just kind of um, a, a, a kind of a sign of the times? Just having it as diverse as possible kind of uh, helps you guys expand revenue as well as you know um, ensure that if you know one sort of uh, sector is uh, on the wane, you guys can uh, still be supported with those other sectors. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like we, you know, like I said, we we got our sport, we got our start in esports. Um, but then, you know, clients who are esports fans started noticing our work and they're like, hey, you know what, uh, you know, I work in this category. Can you help us do this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even from there, when some of our videos get sponsorships from various brands, um, we start, you know, the relationship kind of begins from there. And then, you know, we, we, we get closer and closer um, with them. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all organic, um, but it's nice because, you know, it allows allows our team to kind of work on different things as well. Okay, well, Roger, if we ever encounter each other on uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 online, I, I hope you don't pick on me. It's uh, those <laughs> uh, sniper shots. I, I hate them. They're the worst. It's no fun. I would never do that to you. But uh, I just want to thank you for joining us on the show today. Awesome. Thanks for this opportunity. Excellent. That is Roger Chan. He, of course, is CEO of Action Media, and that is it for the show today. Go to BIV.com. We have more stories, more podcast interviews, more videos there as well. In the meantime, I just want to thank everyone for listening. I'm Tyler Horton.